Gentlemen, you are listening to the Geared Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I am the founder and curator of the Geared Up Podcast, and it is my mission and our mission here at Geared Up to help young men become the men of God that God created us to be. Many men's ministries don't reach young men until crisis hits. We want to reach you before that happens, um, before we're a bunch of balding, fat, middle-aged men who have lost all purpose and all meaning in our lives. That might sound dramatic, but that's the reality. Um, Benjamin Franklin said most men die when they're 27 and aren't buried until they're 70. Let's not let that happen to us, gentlemen. Gird up. This episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by Pastor Mike Novotny and his new book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. This book came out about a month ago or earlier this month, I guess. Um, those three words that will change your life are God is here. That tiny little sentence can change Everything. Truly understanding God's presence is the key to more happiness, less boredom, more rest, less rush, more love, less drama, more feast, peace, and less fear. A deeply satisfying life doesn't require a sabbatical, a new career, or a New Year's resolution. As long as God is glorious enough and near enough, you can cast aside cheap substitutes that you've settled for and enjoy the life that is truly life here and now. This book will help you shake off the guilt and shame of sin and see yourself as God sees you. Find joy that he has been waiting to give you as you discover how three little words can revolutionize your relationship with God. Pastor Mike Novotny is the co-pastor at The Core in Appleton, Wisconsin. He is the lead speaker for the media ministry Time of Grace and serves as the chairman of Conquerors Through Christ. Again, that book is called Three Words That Will Change Your Life. You can buy it on Amazon. It's an excellent book. It's an excellent read. I enjoyed reading it over Christmas break this year. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. It was one of those books that, you know, as you're as you're reading it, you start to sit down, you start to pray. It changes the way you're thinking, changes the way you're praying, uh, changes your attitude about the things around you. Those are excellent books. Those are excellent reminders. Um, it's nothing that you haven't heard before, but it's likely said in a way that you've never heard it before. And uh, Pastor Mike does an excellent job of blending humor with some really tough, hard-hitting uh, law messages and some awesome, wonderful peace and life-giving gospel messages as well. So uh, go pick yourself up a copy, Three Words That Will Change Your Life. You can find it on Amazon. It is published by Bethany House, written by Pastor Mike Novotny. If you would like to hear your piece of work, if you'd like to hear your company or your production or your show or if you want to hear yourself advertised on the Gerda Podcast, make sure you contact me. We can work out a deal and make sure that's happening. Blessings. Hope you get a lot out of the show today. Here we go. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, gentlemen, as we continue to walk through Gideon's life, this is actually the last episode that we're going to do on Gideon for now, at least. Um, and today we're going to talk about finishing strong. Now, the story of Gideon is in the Bible. Uh, it starts in Judges chapter 6 and continues through Judges chapter 8. And Judges chapter 8 is where we are going to finish up today, starting at verse 22. So this is Judges chapter 8, starting at verse 22. The Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us out of the hand of Midian. 
But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, I have, do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was a custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. So they answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out their garment, and each one threw a ring from his plunder into it. The weight of the gold rings asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments and the pendants and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian or the chains that were on the gold or the, that were on the camel's necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there and became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land enjoyed peace for 40 years. Jerubbabel, Gideon, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abizarites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israels began to prostitute themselves again to the Baals. They set up Baal Bareth as their god and did not remember the Lord their god who had rescued them from every side. They also failed to show kindness to the family of Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, for all the good things that he had done for them. Now, this isn't the happy ending to the story that we usually finish with in our, in our children's storybooks. The story of Gideon does not have a particularly happy ending, and we're going to talk about today. Uh, but first, perhaps a lost treasure among Christmas movies, the 1948 classic The Bishop's Wife. Give me a woot woot if you love The Bishop's Wife. I do it. It's a great book. Uh, anyway, the 1948 classic The Bishop's Wife features, in my opinion, one of the greatest movie lines of all time. In a moment of confusion, the dear professor, when pressed, simply states, If you want to know about a woman... Ask the old men. They know. This is often true. Old men have spent many more years loving their women than you or I have been alive. Um, but it could also be applied to just about every situation. You want to know about cars? Ask the old men. They know. You want to know about tools? Ask the old men. They know. If you want to know about history? Ask the old men. They know. You want to know how to do it right? Ask the old men. They know. You want to know about incontinence? Ask the old men, they know. All right, it's a joke, but it's still true, right? Sorry, that was, whatever. <laughs> it was funny. The old men, old men in our lives have collected uh, wisdom of nearly 100 years of life, and that's nothing to be sneezed at. Um, and in his book, Fathered by God, John Eldridge labels such men sages. Uh, he calls them wise old men who serve as guides, prophets, and advisors to the men who are still fighting the daily battles against wickedness and sin, which would be us, gentlemen. These men are a vital part of our churches and communities and have a crucial role to serve and how sad and disappointing and devastating it is to all of us when they fail to fill their roles. Gideon, unfortunately, was not one of the faithful sages living out his days as godly men, uh, guiding the multitudes under their care safely to the gates of heaven. Gideon, once the humblest of men, the least in his family, the lowest and the least of the clans of Israel, though he lived as a champion and judge to a good old age, he failed to stay faithful to the Lord to the end. So Gideon started to drink the Kool-Aid. He had believed in his own greatness. When he defeated the Midianites, he gave all the glory to God, but he kept one thing for himself, a golden ephod forged from the plunder, which the people began to worship, and which, according to the book of Judges, became a snare 
to Gideon and his whole family. God's given us clear roles in our communities, in our churches, and in our families, and he promises to love us, to shape us, to guide us, and in all things, to show us the way. But that's only if we're willing to listen. And such listening requires humility. Humility often is misrepresented as being subservient or of little value, but in truth, it's the opposite. Humility is the act of making yourself valuable to others, setting your mind and heart on service to them instead of yourself. This selflessness betrays godliness and will keep us on the path. No man who believes himself great gives God his proper due. I'm going to repeat that. No man who believes himself to be great gives God his proper due. If we know and see God as he really is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator, the judge, demonstrating almighty power, omniscience, holiness, and perfect love, we will see ourselves for what we are, lost and condemned creatures, redeemed by the blood of a loving Savior who came to rescue the lost, an identity that doesn't pair with arrogance and pride. Let us clothe ourselves with humility and pursue the selfless aims of the Father, whose great love has given us light and life. Let's reflect a little bit. I want you to examine your own heart. Take a second and examine your own heart. What makes you proud of yourself? Where does your pride come from? For me, it's the pride in the work that I do, which is a little bit ironic because uh, the pride I do is mostly work in the kingdom. But I take great pride in um, being a called worker. I take great pride in service to God. Um, but oftentimes I start thinking about what I do, not what the Lord does through me. Right? I also take great pride in the way I dress and in you know the, the way my house looks and all that kind of stuff. It's earthly things. I take great pride in earthly things. And sometimes I take great pride in not having very many earthly things. Um, those are the places where I find pride. So the question is, what brings you pride? What trips you up and makes you feel prideful? Uh, when you begin to pe- puff out your chest and strut, how do you justify this behavior? So what do you say to yourself to justify the behavior? For me, especially with clothes, right? I like to wear fancy clothes and I say, well, I want to look professional, right? Oh, you should always, you should always meet the expectation, but, but exceed or meet the standard, but exceed the expectation. So I'm just being professional. I'm just being a good called worker by dressing well. It's it's nonsense. It's not truth. It's just not real, right? Um, or uh, when you know, I, I, when I start feeling good about my, start really feeling myself as a teacher. It's like, well, I've worked really hard to be, get good at this, and you know, yada yada yada. Well, reality is, all good things come from the Father, and if I truly am doing a good job. Of serving my students, I'm pointing them to him, not to myself. I can't take any of that credit, right? So how do you justify yourself, uh, all this pride? And then where does it really belong? So first, you're going to examine your heart and decide what makes you feel so much pride. What are the big things in your life that make you feel prideful? How do you justify to yourself? So what makes you think that it's okay? Um, and I want you to really examine that and determine where it does where does the credit really belong? Second thing I want you to reflect on today is the idea uh, that pride inhibits our ability to follow God. I want you to think about how pride inhibits our ability to follow God. How does it interfere with our calling to serve each other? So how does pride, particularly the pride that we talked about in question one, how does that pride inhibit my ability to serve my father and serve the children of God the way I'm supposed to? Finally, 
We got to ask the question, how might I get a, go about getting to know God as he is? What can I do to learn to know God better? Where might I find him and see him? For me, when I know that I'm struggling, I've got five audiobooks that I listen to in my truck constantly. Um, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, Tender Warrior by Stu Weber, um, Rise of the Servant Kings, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and then I have, well, actually I have more than five, but then I always put a different one at the end. So those four I listen to on loop, and I insert a different one, usually with Christian content, um, as the fifth one. And I just cycle through and cycle through and cycle through and cycle through. And so then in my, um, even on my drive, even in my, you know, my mindless moments, I'm being pointed back to Christ and being pointed back to the man I am supposed to be. I also, every morning, I get up at five o'clock, I read my Bible, and I spend some time in prayer. And so I spend an hour and a half, well, usually about an hour every day, at least in theory, digging into the Word. Now, when I fail to do that, when I don't actually get up at 5 o'clock, when I don't actually spend an hour in the Word and prayer and meditation before the day begins, I can feel it. So when I start to stray, when I start to get too proud, when I start to fall into these sins that we talk about all the time, I realize I need to spend more time with my Heavenly Father, so I go back to the, and I start doing those things again, right? I switch off the country music, start listening to Jesus music, start spending more time in the Word, um, come home early from the gym, don't do those extra reps, come home early from the gym, crack open my Bible, start doing those things that I know are going to draw me back closer to my Heavenly Father instead of drawing me away. Let's finish in prayer today, guys. Before we finish in prayer, let's talk about that one more time. So three things you're reflecting on. Examine your heart, find the pride, Figure out why you think it's okay to be proud of these things and then replace it. Put the credit back where it belongs. Two, what do you think about how pride inhibits your ability to serve the Heavenly Father and serve the people around you? And three, I want you to think about how you can get to know God better as He is. Because in the devotion, we talked about the idea that if I really know God as He is, I'm going to give credit to God, not credit to myself. No man who believes himself great gives God his proper due. So how can I get to know God better so that I realize just how great God is and that all credit belongs to him? Let's pray about it. Heavenly Father, because of your love and mercy, we all have life and have been given the opportunity to live it to the full. In your wisdom, you have given each of us a free will, which we can use to serve you or abandon you in order to serve our own purposes. Give us the faith and strength to choose you, to know you, and to follow where you lead. Make us truly humble. And help us to see you not as we imagine you to be, but as you truly are. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message.
Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.